Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Grison. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to leaderthink.com. Hey, everybody. It's the topic that seems to come up in every human performance session. When are people personally accountable for their actions? Maybe a better way to phrase that question would be, what does great accountability look like in an organization that adopts human performance principles? To answer that question, we need to talk about what great accountability looks like from a system standpoint inside of a learning culture. Sidney Decker talks about how people want to hold others accountable, how people often misunderstand human performance as not holding people accountable anymore. A comment he said that really struck me is, accountability equals responsibility plus authority. The context is that you can hold people accountable for what they are responsible for as long as they also have control over what they are responsible for. They have been given authority along with that responsibility. As a simple example, a mason on your job site builds a scaffold with a few damaged components. The mason has been trained, has documentation of training. He has experience, all those old school things that we would normally use as evidence to justify blaming the individual. But do they have authority over their responsibility? As in, do they have a credit card in their wallet to call a scaffold supplier and order whatever they want, whenever they want, whenever they need it? Or, and this is a big or, do they have to gain approval to make such a purchase? Can they make the purchase at all? Do they have to request the scaffold components through some convoluted approval process from someone far removed from the actual job site? That's the difference between authority and no authority. When you step back from it all, it's actually quite insane to hold people accountable for responsibilities in which they have no authority over. This is normal in the construction world, this system of holding people accountable for what they have no authority over. Look around at all the subcontractors on a job site. How many of the supervisors on the job site, those closest to the work, how many of them have authority over the schedule? How many of them have direct purchase authority with backing and understanding? How many of them can hire and fire on the spot, on the job site, as needed for staffing schedule concerns? How many of them have zero authority over the schedule? How many of them have to contact a higher level of management for purchase approval? How many of them have extremely limited ability to hire and fire? How many of them have authority over the new hire orientation process? So what are we doing when we hold a subcontractor accountable for damaged rigging on a job site when they didn't have the authority to purchase new rigging in the first place? What are we doing when we become upset a subcontractor is rigging loads with no knowledge of calculating sling tension? Do the supervisors on the job have the authority to send everyone to an $1,800 a person week-long master rigor course with all expenses paid? Everyone wants to talk about personal accountability. 
At what point are people personally responsible for their actions on the job? People do this because of the hard emotional journey of moving away from judging and toward learning. But in reality, you can only hold people accountable for what they have authority over. Instead of pointing out damaged rigging to a subcontractor, like they don't already know it's damaged, we could instead ask questions to enhance our learning, our understanding of the system. When you see the damaged rigging, don't point it out to them. They already know. Ask, how easy is it for you to purchase new rigging whenever you need it? Ask, how easy is it for your workers to attend a rigging course? Is the training adequate for the type of work you do? As Sydney is often quoted, you can judge or you can learn. But with all the emotions put to the side for a minute, from a purely technical, rational point of view, how much sense does it make to tell people they are responsible for things they have no or insufficient authority over? How much sense does it make to discipline workers for system issues they have no credit card purchasing power to resolve? How insane is it to hold people accountable for schedule staffing issues they have no control over? How crazy is it to hold people accountable for knowledge issues when they have no authority over their own training? It really doesn't make sense at all. Now, you know what that limbic system dog brain wants to do right now? Blame management. Were any of you thinking that just then? What management could have, should have, would have done? Because that isn't learning systems thinking either. That's reassigned blame. That's still staying stuck in the ego's ineffective judgment of people. If you did that just now, it's okay. Give yourself a little forgiveness. The point is to draw awareness to how easy it is for us to judge and how hard it is for us to learn. If we wanted to learn, we wouldn't blame management. We would learn from management. Why aren't supervisors on the job allowed to make purchases without approval? I'm sure management would have a response to this that makes sense to them. So remember, we can hold people accountable as long as we give them the authority to make the needed decisions on what they are responsible for. If they don't have that authority, then accountability is just an empty word. It might make your ego feel better, but it definitely won't fix the system. Sidney Decker says that this is at the heart of the conflict between the old view and the new view, that real work is full of responsibility-authority mismatches. Step one, do we on the inside have the ability to recognize these responsibility-authority mismatches in our everyday interactions with the people we manage? Step two, do we talk about it out loud? Or is it just the unspoken truth that we keep inside? Step three, does management acknowledge these mismatches? Are they aware of them? And step four, are we doing something about it? Some things we can work on, like training programs, purchase authority, and the hiring process. Some things we can't control, like the client's schedule, 
If we can first gain awareness to these issues, we can focus on improving the system where possible. We can also focus on minimizing error with things like JSAs where we can't. If we start there, then we can improve how we hold people accountable and what we hold people accountable for. At the most basic level, we should only hold people accountable for what they have authority over. This is at the heart of human performance, gaining awareness to system issues without judgment, recognizing the difference between systems we can control and the imperfect circumstances we can't control, but can minimize error within, talking that language out loud, Ensuring management isn't just aware of these concepts, they acknowledge them out loud, and of course, take some action to deal with. Mike McCarroll often explains how people need to be speaking the language, talking the vocabulary of HP, if it is really part of their culture. Are these normal conversations in your safety culture? Are we talking with the workers and with management about responsibility-authority mismatches and how to improve them? If we think we don't have those issues, especially in the complex systems of multi-employer work sites, we are totally kidding ourselves. So back to step one, do we at least recognize that they exist? Our decades of old-view, blame-placing judgment have created tremendous amounts of fear. Decker says, fear of prosecution stifles the flow of information about such conditions. People have been blamed for what they have no control over for so many years, for generations even, that bringing this information into the light isn't an easy job. Test it out in a foreman's meeting. Instead of pointing out the recent old view safety issues, who, what was wrong, ask questions related to the authority piece. Beyond responsibility authority mismatches, there may be things within your culture where people do have authority over their responsibilities. Yet, we are not holding them accountable, or our accountability for the responsibilities could use some work. Let's go down that road. Sydney says, you must expect education of staff members in safety management. Duh, right? But we live in a world where many of our fellow safety professionals aren't learning. People are used to being spoon-fed, and in many cases have become a little lazy in their learning. Some don't really know how to learn. Others aren't willing to learn at all. Here's an example from one of my courses. I provide handouts for a two-hour intro to HP to all the students in the class. One student says, the information you have provided is light, and I need you to provide me with more info. Well, I'm thinking, Google? Search safety human performance on Google, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, any of those things. Search for Sidney Decker, buy a book, watch a YouTube video, and take some notes. But that's my dog brain judging. The real issue is the system, the social proof, and the culture. There are typically three ways students engage in a training session. One is to show up and listen, check the box, and the course certificate goes into their training record. Done. 
The box has been checked, and the accountability for the training is over. Some just show up to check the box and don't really listen at all. They don't want to be there and just pretend to listen and maybe interject a disagreeable comment here and there. They are against the concepts before they ever take time to understand them. Maybe past history of poor quality training has influenced this current behavior. Whatever the reason, some don't even listen. They just pretend to listen. Then there's the last group, the ones who show up to learn and know how to learn. You can visualize this because they're taking notes in class. They know how to learn, and their behavior shows it. They ask questions from a learning attitude instead of judging and arguing with you. They desire to learn. As Decker says, we must expect education. One issue with HP accountability confusion is that we aren't holding people accountable for their continued education. We often hold people accountable for showing up and receiving a certificate to put in their training record. Checking the box is not learning. We must hold people accountable for learning. Imagine for a moment if you were in a training course and a high-level manager said, I want to see everyone taking notes, and after class, I'm going to quiz you one-on-one about what you learned today. Would that change the atmosphere in the course? Would it help generate the social proof to greater influence the behaviors you desire in the training class? If I'm clear that I'm expected to take notes and the manager has specifically stated that I'm going to be quizzed on learning something today, people will have greater clarity on what they're actually being held responsible for. It's not the certificate. It's not checking the box. It's not showing up. It's my education I'm being held accountable for. That is something that everyone does have authority over. Learning is a personal choice and within our power. If we are given the opportunity to leave work and go to a class, we do have the authority to take notes, to ask questions, to study, and to educate ourselves. Don't hold people accountable for checking the box. Hold people accountable for learning something. You can apply the same concept to JSAs or similar error reduction tools. Don't hold people accountable for doing X number of forms. That's accountability for box checking. Hold people accountable for the quality of the error reduction tool. Did the JSA uncover systems issues? Do we have documentation of bringing these issues to light? Are we asking questions during this process, such as why do these at-risk behaviors appear to be a good, efficient way of doing the work? What are the system issues that are driving this belief? Are these concepts being documented in the JSA? Another one is coaching. Are we holding supervisors and managers accountable for coaching when observing at-risk behavior? Are we measuring the effect of the coaching? Is it leading to increased communication from the worker to the supervisor? Are we learning from each other in this process? There are two things we can hold people accountable for within the concept of coaching. 
Both are responsibilities that people can have authority over. One is the worker being coached, participating in the coaching. You have to have a person's permission to coach them. That is within their personal authority. Is the worker doing their part? Are they genuinely participating in the coaching conversation? Are they telling their version of the story or just keeping what they know to themselves? Are they just quietly listening, waiting for the coach to finish so they can get back to work? Or are they genuinely participating in that conversation? Hold workers accountable for participating. Measure if they continue to get better at communicating system issues during these conversations. Hold people accountable for telling their story. The other one is holding the supervisor or manager accountable for their coaching effectiveness. Are they really coaching or are they just giving advice in the form of a question? Are they continually learning coaching concepts and using them in the field? Coaching is one of those things that we have to continually learn more about and use often. Because of this, we are going to have to spend time observing the coach in the field and have coaching sessions with the coach. Great coaches get coached often from other great coaches. Both of these things are something that people can be held accountable for, have responsibility for, and the authority to address. I want to leave you with one more responsibility-authority match, telling the story. As I just mentioned, we need to hold people accountable for telling their story. People have authority over that, sharing what they know. We first have to remove the fear of speaking unpleasant truths out loud. But if we evolve into a learning culture, we can do that. We can apply that concept not only to JSAs, but also event learning sessions. If we move beyond that old school view of looking for where people went wrong and instead toward learning where the systems went wrong, we can build a culture where people are held accountable for telling their story. During our event learning, we can tell those involved that we are not going to punish anyone for their behavior. Instead, we are going to hold them accountable for telling their story with all the grimy details so we can learn from them. That is what we expect of you, to tell your story. If you are not going to share the unpleasant realities with us, then we will be severely disappointed with your behavior. If you do share these things that you know, that we don't know, then we will be extremely satisfied with your performance. We are expecting you to tell your story, nothing more. This is within the authority of the worker. They can share their story. It is imperative that they are not judged for telling their story with the old school shoulda, woulda, couldaves. Those type of communications will create fear. We must replace that with positive reinforcement for telling us and educating us their version of the story so we can improve our systems. The fear must be addressed for this concept to work. 
Beyond the event learning session, we can hold people accountable for telling their story to the entire organization. We can hold a session where the worker is held accountable for telling their story to the rest of the company. We can also hold supervision accountable for telling the organization what they learned from that story. These things are within both groups' authority. All of these examples are ideas to point you in a direction. Review your performance metrics and consider revamping your accountability system to align with HP concepts. Whatever responsibility you assign, consider if the individual truly has authority over their responsibility. Give them more authority where you can. Measure something different where you can't. Stop holding people accountable for responsibilities that they have no authority over. Start holding people accountable for what is in their control. And make sure that these are regular conversations in our meetings and our culture. Have a beautiful day. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.